0: Alright, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up for today. We appreciate y'all's time. Dude, I love, like, I get all kind of gooey when we have a guest on who, on his business card, it says president. Anytime there's a president, it's like, ooh,
1: man, we went, we stepped up. (laughs) Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. You could be a president of a lot of things, but this one, today, yes, you can't get any higher, man. At least on our radar. You know, yeah, maybe you could be a president of of a country, but we don't care. We're talking (laughs) about cars, we're talking about racing, you know, like we're talking about what kind of president could be the top dog. And I tell you what, we got it today, the president of PRI, Performance Racing Industry, man. Yeah, man. The premier convention of all racers pretty much around the world. And we got the guy, Dr. Jamie Meyer, man. This is going to be awesome.
0: A lot of people hear, you know, lip service on SEMA, but the real deal—the fast guys, the performance guys, the people that, you know, hang their cars out on every edge, and you know, uh, like rev limiters are uh, just a part of their everyday vocabulary over a cup of coffee. Uh, those guys go to PRI because, in the end, we we don't necessarily care about. You know, chrome rims and tires and wheels. And as much as we do say, I don't know, blowers, nitrous kids, the latest and greatest crate engines. Uh,
1: who's doing what in the world of performance and how to make your ass go fast? Amen, amen. Because yeah, I mean, SEMA gets all the hype, and it it is unbelievably huge, and it is it is it is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm gonna go to SEMA every possible year. Uh, but it's got a lot of fluff and buff in it, you know? It's got body yeah. kits and, like you said, chrome wheels. It's got chromy stuff here and there and lights and blingy things. And it's it's got some amazing builds. Uh, and it's, it's very much oriented towards hot riding, you know, which obviously we love. Mm. But when it comes to true grit, like full-on racing, going fast, right, competition and everything else, this is it. The booths are smaller. They're packed. They're everywhere. They've got everything. Yeah. You, like you said, you know, from billet connecting rods and blocks, you know, superchargers and blowers, uh, the right suspension chassis for everything from roundy round cars, dirt track cars, drag cars. You name it, it's there. It, it's just
0: awesome. You'll see some satin jackets out at SEMA. You won't find any satin jackets at
1: PRI (laughs) because not a one of them. (laughs) You know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. There's no folding chairs. No. Hell no. Nobody's sitting around, you know, nobody's sitting around Uh showing off anything. No, 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 man. It's making deals. It's talking about going fast. It's putting your plan together, right? It's it's getting the top technology. It's talking to the top guys in the world. We're talking 1,100 exhibitors, 70,000 attendees. And these aren't just off the street people. This is industry people only. You gotta have a badge, right? You gotta have a badge, we're talking about 70,000 people, 50 states, 70 countries. Just think about those stats. It's like right? grabbing your members-only jacket, man.
0: They only allow a certain kind of people in there, and that's us. People like to go fast. So i am um, <laughs> tell you, have the president of PRI on. Uh, it's going to be cool because, you know, when you think about going fast and everybody's trying to – you know, I can't remember who actually said the quote or what it was, something along the lines of, is there nothing more to life than speeding it up, you know? In the end, that's, it's kind of whatever you're racing – Whoever you're racing, who, you know whether it's time yourself, turns, open road course, um, you know drag racing, eighth mile, quarter mile, anything like that. If you're racing, all you're trying to do is just go a little faster, man. And this is the show where you find out how the hottest equipment, who's doing what, why, and when. This is the this is the who's who of going fast.
1: That's right. All right, well, why don't we, uh, you know, hang on to that juiced up, jazzed up uh, feeling that I got right now? Uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back. It's Dr. Jamie Meyer, president of PRI. We'll be right yeah, back.
0: Man, I got the same feeling, but I thought it was because like, I had to pee. <laughs> uh, all right, back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we had Jamie Meyer, president of PRI, on with us today. Fired up. Jamie, man, thanks for taking the time, brother. And I got to tell you, congratulations. Anytime I meet a man with the word president on his business card, I like to shake his hand. So consider this an audible handshake, my friend. Nice work
2: oh guys thanks so much for inviting me to hang out with you for a while we we go back quite a ways and hey before we get going i want to thank you guys you're you're a real big asset to the car world and uh i'm looking forward to talking about some racing with you today
1: fantastic yeah we've we've got a lot of history with this guy i think i've known jamie at least 13 14 years uh in little background uh this cat used to run gm performance Ooh, i mean man. think about that i mean Okay, he's now at the top, top echelon. But I thought he was the top guy when he was at GM Performance. I mean, this guy was uh, Performance Parts Program Manager. Before that, he was Performance Marketing Manager. 15 years at GM, this uh. guy had, man. I mean, who, who walks away from that? Like, Ooh. to me, that would be the dream. Like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna stake my you know claim on this sucker right here. No one's ever gonna peel me out of this seat. But no, this guy went Board of Directors at SEMA, and launched into president of PRI. I mean, man. what an accomplishment, man. Very cool to see you kind of just keep growing, right?
0: Didn't stop, just kept on going. Hey, my, my papa would say, Jamie is cooking with grease. Like, Jamie, you cooking with grease, son. You throwing you throw fire to it. Nice work, man. Maybe with nitrous.
2: Maybe with nitrous in this case, guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, but I got a quick question but, for you, because, right, there's a doctor in there, right? Dr. Jamie Meyer. And, uh, you know, if I got it right, you got a PhD in anatomy and cell biology, you know, and some postdoc work in molecular genetics. Now, where Dang. in all of that, right, there's a lot of work going on to that, and it shows what an incredibly intelligent man this is. Where did you make the turn and said, you know what, I'm going racing. I'm going fast. Guys, we're we're born racers, right? Or our our
2: families introduce us, or something turns us on, and we get the car bug, and you know that's it so I was doing car stuff on the side all my life uh, went went to school for a long time got my PhD uh, at Syracuse Med and I went to Cincinnati went to the medical school there I was doing my postdoc and uh, I started writing for car magazines uh, and you guys will love this you know I was announcing all the big Ford drag races through the 90s helped form the NMRA and worked wow. with Wilcott's company at NM- NMCA but uh, built a bunch of cars you know went went 870s in one of the drag cars we built for 5.0 Mustang Magazine Uh, and eventually I got pitched to do the catalog in 2005 for GM Performance Parts and then they asked me to go full-time and uh, it was kind of a strange time in the world and uh, science wasn't getting funded too well and I knew I could do car stuff uh, 12 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours a day and uh, took the job, went to GM and uh, here I am 15 years later.
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to picking your brain. Rumor is you're the man behind uh, the LS, the LSX uh, race block. And i got to tell you, I have fallen victim to that several times, so much so I don't and got me one.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. The Copo Camaro. Yes. The Copo yeah, Camaro, yeah. dude. This is the guy that, that led that whole thing, like made it happen. Yeah. Right? The E-Rod, which I still think is pretty awesome to take a crate engine. And and somehow get it emissionizable so that we could put it in all kinds of different things and pass smog tests in, you know, various states. I haven't seen anybody else pull that off yet. That was huge. Right. Man. That's that's some incredible work and bartering and negotiating and right, documentations.
0: Yeah, man, the,
1: your contribution
0: to the race world is, is unreal. It's just unreal what you presented us.
2: Well, I, well, thank you guys. First of all, I appreciate that. It, it was an interesting time right in the early 2000s. The LS engines were coming out very efficient, very lightweight. Uh, folks were already swapping small blocks and everything, but uh, this thing fits in the same space. You know, the barrier to market there, uh, Kevin, as you know, is the wiring harness and just the integration of the car. You guys, you guys can physically bolt an LS in real easy uh, but, uh, you know, and, and all these projects were, were big team efforts. You know, I don't, I don't want to claim uh, that I had sole ownership of anything, but definitely helped push these things through a really big company. Uh, LSX was the extension to take that technology and make it more durable. You know, we, we made over 2,000 horsepower with some of the original LSX blocks and testing, and people have gone on and done amazing things with that platform. Uh, Copo Camaro is special Kevin you you know that Copo Camaro yeah. uh, you know Jesse Kershaw was over at Ford doing the Cobra Jets uh, it was just an amazing opportunity it took quite a bit of pushing I'd made several runs at it internally and uh, finally got the team to look at it and uh, it was a profitable program I think we're close to the end I don't think GM has announced that yet but uh, as the way the world uh, works right now, that that program might not make it much longer. But Copo Camaro, super proud to put race cars out out on the streets. Yeah,
1: to get those OEs back on the track, battling it out again. Oh, man, the nostalgia that goes with it. Oh, it's huge. Hey, Jamie. So, what was it like? Because I'm sure
0: in any battle like that, trying to move something that major through all the you know all the hurdles that that would encompass. You know, I'm sure you got pushed back. I'm sure people told you, no, uh, we don't need that right now. Was it always an easy street all the way from conception to creation? Or were there times where, you know, people told you it wasn't going to happen?
2: Yeah, I mean, Willie, it's it's. Um, I really appreciate the question. Uh, as anybody that works at, at a big company will tell you, getting projects through is uh, very, very difficult because you've got <laughs> – you got so many departments involved. You know, if you think about a smaller company, you might have people, but when you talk about complete departments and, and they're looking at things differently, right? The engineers have their requirement. Marketing is telling you what the market wants and how they want the product to come out. Uh, And then there's a finance element. Does it, does it make money? You know, to what extent, what's, what's my contribution margin. And then you've got a whole distribution model and, You know, General Motors is over 4,500 dealers. So how does that all play into it? So it's many chances along the way for those types of programs to not make it.
0: So a follow-up question to that, as you peeled back the layers of the onion, right, what was the moment that was a big, you know, win for you and the Copo team? Like, at what point were you like, I don't think we're going to get this to – I think we're going to get this. Yeah.
2: I think um, for me, there was the, the GM racing side had a prototype going together of a Copo, right? The program had been approved to just build the prototype. Uh, and I remember being at the shop and there were only six GM employees involved and we were all there. And I remember when it started, uh, you know, we're talking about a brand new commercial. I mean, it's, it's easy when you see these things now, but when you're, when you're talking about a vehicle that's brand new and yeah. authorized it, paid for it and built a, a low nine or eight second version of this thing and it starts and runs and you're like, wow, like we just need to put a business case together, do this thing 69 times and sell, sell that many units a year. You know, here's the paperwork. It makes this amount of money. Uh, I think the executives will sign off on this thing.
0: How many do you think you could have sold? Like if you put it out there, like you know, like um, you know, like a a Hellcat, right? If you put it out there, like something where where the production number was, you know, whatever deemed uh, the the demand was, how many Copo Camaros you think you could sell?
2: Well, if you'll remember when we launched the car and we had taken the convertible to Barrett Jackson to really hype it up, and we we used all that press. To get a list put together of interested people in Copo Camaro, and I think the first year I had five or six thousand people on that list, <laughs> who were really seriously interested. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. Here's a here's an important point. Um, I made multiple attempts. So we're talking about the wins. I'll tell you about one of the losses. I made multiple Dude. runs over seven, eight, maybe ten years multiple internal briefs on a street legal copo and that will Mm. always be my biggest miss and a lot of it is because the leadership is so adamant about uh road racing so right but but if you you know and and kevin knows if you go out on woodward on a friday night hell yeah man there's 50 or 60 hellcats that would love to race a street legal copo. And I'm not endorsing street racing for, for folks that are listening, but I, that's just how the world works in Detroit, and it works on Main Street USA. Uh,
0: I am just doing a safe place. <laughs> uh Yeah, man, you're right, because, you know, having um, having a lot of my friends who do a lot of racing, I do a lot of racing. Um, I run the Colorado Street Outlaws out here. You know, that's just one of those things where um, that is – Bread butter—that's old school. You saw it race on weekends, you buy the thing on, you know, weekdays. You see stuff like that, and it is inspiring for us on that end. When when Bird sees a Copo Camaro, or you know his his Mustangs run, or you know me and you know whatever brand is I'm racing. When you see these cars rip down the track, you know whether you're an old owner or you got yourself one of these new style, new models. Dude, you're loving it. It's inspiring. It makes people fired up, excited, happy. They love to see them. There's an audience for them. It's well-received across the board.
1: Yeah, when you see what the OEs put out, right, these companies, it's not the, the limit of what they're capable of. It's the limit of what somebody could push through the system. You know? Yeah, yeah. They're capable true. of anything, anything. You know, when Ford wanted to make a GT in 05 or whatever, they went out and made a GT, you know, and they wanted to do yeah. another one, they did another one. But in between is a whole bunch of guys like Jamie, you know, trying to push for what we know works, what we know people want. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, let's say fails, just couldn't quite get everything. And as he said, there's so many layers, so many aspects, and all it needs is one of them to not come home and the whole thing falls apart, you know, so it. I totally get it. You know, listening to Jamie's stories. Hey, thank you for
0: sticking with it, man. Thank you for sticking with it because you delivered a hell of a product and continue to. uh, And like I said, man, it's just an absolute honor to talk with you. That being one of your many successful projects, um, what would be another one that you could say, I I have a lot of fidelity in, I've got a lot of time, you know, and, and Starbucks, you know, coffee, cards uh you know spent on this particular project because the list you have is vast, my friend. It's amazing.
2: You know, Willie, um I'm extremely proud of the relationships I have in the aftermarket. You know, so so one of my accomplishments is just all the editorial and all the projects that I help folks like you do. Um, You know, my budget to place products was several hundred thousand dollars a year. And I would work with the right outlets. Uh, and And Kevin knows this. I always wanted the the magazine editor, editor, of the television personality or the website person. I wanted them to tell me about their ideas and their dreams and try to have an alignment there. and And if it made sense for Chevrolet, if the reward was there, I was more than happy to to fight for the budget to make sure the project worked. and and lend uh, Chevy communications to, to, to grow it. But, um, uh, That's so huge, I, I'll man. always, I'll always appreciate every one of those projects. And I think, I think folks that work with me know I was genuinely interested in making sure that things went real well for him.
1: Well, we got a pretty good picture of kind of the visionary, the background, right? The things that, that Jamie's been able to do over the past, you know, 15, 20 years, um, so why don't we take a quick break, but when we come back, right, we haven't really dove into the PRI and, and Jamie took over just a few months ago, right, at the peak of COVID. So I'm sure you were kind of like lining this thing up thinking, man, the economy's roaring, everything's booming. I mean, racing's in a great spot, you know, street cars, you know, hot rodding, everything is in the, totally the bullish direction. And all of a sudden we get hit, you know, with, with COVID and it's changing the world. So let's get, you know, when we come back, Jamie, let's get your initial visions. And I'm only, I know you only had, you know, a couple of months in the job here. Uh, and I know that we're gonna be watching you over the next couple of years to see what kind of amazing things happen with PRI, the racing industry, but maybe you can give us a little bit of insight on some of your thoughts and we can kind of track and watch and, and see how these things maybe come into fruition. And,
0: and I'm gonna go on the record by saying and stating that I believe this would be the biggest year ever just because Every manufacturer, every person in production of parts, aftermarket support, and all that has seen an uptick because of the pandemic and guys staying at home and building their cars. So I'm imagining this PRI has the potential to be Pandora's box, man. You can get so many new consumers, people, and interest. Uh, in the world of performance racing uh, and all the likes, it, it could it could be awesome. So, quick break. We're back with it. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Jamie Meyer, President of PRI, on with us today. And Jamie, it's been really just eye-opening just to talk to you so far and see everything you kind of brought to the table. Uh, One of the things I really, I'm excited to see how your, you know, it's funny because anybody could take their job um, and, you know, make a career out of it, but when you find, you know, when you engage what you're super passionate about and make that your career, great things happen, and I really, I look forward to your footprint into PRI and how you could take it next level. So tell us a little bit about, you know, Hey, what, what was it like taking over PRI? And then the pandemic hit, then COVID-19 came in, came in on like 2020, like the four, you know, four men on the horses over the, uh, uh, you know, riding over the hill during the apocalypse. It's like, Oh God, here it comes.
2: Well, thank you. you know, it's been, it's been an interesting uh, couple months here. I think I'm on week nine on the job.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. For, wow.
2: Uh, <laughs> You know, PRI uh, since 1986 has really been that landmark trade show that the entire racing community comes together. You know, when you, when you guys opened up this podcast, you were talking about PRI and what it means to the industry. Uh, and it, it's going to continue uh, that and it'll grow under my leadership. There's a, there's a great team in place uh, and, and we're working through the crisis like everybody else. Uh, I, I do want to touch on something, which was, as you were going to the break, uh, you talked about how folks are home working on cars.
0: Yeah, uh, I feel like they are.
2: Uh, well, yeah, and I, I really appreciate that, and I'll tell you why. Uh, there's so much negative news, right, in the mainstream media right now. That, oh. that It's tough to watch for a lot of folks, and it's hard even for our team to find the good news. So this this week we've been really focusing on – you know, Hey, there's a lot of wins in racing right Right. now. You're, you know, you're talking about the racer and the enthusiast that's home in the garage. There are a lot of companies that are having the best years sales wise in the history of these companies. And some of these folks have been around for 40, 50 years. That is a major win for the racing community.
0: There just seems to be a big swell of enthusiasm for automobiles of all applications and that just translates to more people through your doors, you know, trying to feed that desire.
2: Yeah. I I can't agree more. There's just a lot of positive in our community. There's just a lot of good things going on. If we can, you know, get through uh, the obvious crisis Uh, you know, there's a, there's more activity at PRI. That's uh, more than just the trade show. We're quite an advocacy group and through this, uh, we've had to really step up the pace. Uh, so we have uh, lawyers and lobbyists in our DC office, uh, and we've hired three ambassadors to work with race that haven't been able to get back up and running. So we brought on Tom Deary from the World of Outlaws, Gene Bergstrom, who covered multiple decades at NHRA and now helps run the pro-media empire, and then Frank Hawley, Frank Hawley from multiple NHRA championships. He's driven everything in the world down a drag strip. He runs the NHRA, uh, Frank Hawley Drag School, which as a side note, I I graduated from his drag school. He signed my license in 2000. But those three ambassadors are going uh, state by state, uh, local locations, track by track. Uh, We've got racetracks forming coalitions so that uh, as as our DC office uh, director, Christian Robinson, says, uh, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And we want to make sure racing is fully represented.
1: We've created this industry from from nothing over the last, you know, 100 years of cars. Uh, I think we get creative on how we keep moving forward, right? How we keep advancing and how we minimize the damage, right? And And try to, you know, collect up all these wins, right? So at the end, it's like, Hey, you know what? We made it through and damn it, you know, some of it hurt, but we had some good times in there. We still made advancements and some of it was pretty awesome.
2: Well, and, and guys, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you, we're, we're a big business. We, we are a $46 billion industry, the, the oh racing and God. aftermarket parts industry. Uh, and, you know, Willie's talking about kids that can be at home working on cars. You know, this brings the young folks into a great industry exposes them to engineering opportunities and they can go on and, and build the next great supercar.
0: Hey, I was going to ask you, man, you know what would be cool if, because I, I think PRI is a show you, you got to get to and a great way to feed the interest of the youngsters is, you know, in, around Indiana, surrounding States, you know, I, I was born and raised in Kentucky. I know what the car scene is there, uh, Ohio and in the likes, you know, if, would you ever consider sending, you know, 10 or so tickets or passes to uh, local high schools in the area.
2: Willie, we do a lot of things for kids, right? So we have engine building competitions. Yeah. We have, we have a full educational program that covers the gamut of the industry. Dan Schechner, who does the PRI magazine for us, he puts on that whole educational series. Uh, and then a lot of it is just the exposure, right? For, for kids to come up and meet people like you to meet, Street outlaws guys are just walking around, NASCAR racers, John Forrest, Antron Brown, you know, the greatest racing minds of the industry come to PRI. And just like you said, imagine what that does when when a young Uh person can get a little exposure. All
0: right, so what's the conversation been about the upcoming PRI show? Can you allude a little bit as to what you're thinking moving forward, knowing what we know, um, and what do you think it's going to shape up as of right now. And I know right now it's changing, so we'll take it with a grain of salt.
2: Yeah, yeah I appreciate the question. Uh, we're getting it a lot because folks are getting really excited to come to the show, and there's just a lot of question. Uh, we're watching uh, the SEMA counterparts. As you know, SEMA bought PRI uh, eight years ago, uh, so we've got a great team effort there. Uh, and Tom Gattuso runs the show for Chris Kirsting and, and Bill Miller, and he's doing a great job just Linking into the local experts and the the state uh, health departments, those types of discussions. I was on a call with uh, the city of Indianapolis, the Visit Indy team uh, uh, in Indy today. So uh, I think we've got interest to put on uh, what we would consider a a traditional PRI show. So the 1,000 vendors, the 70,000 people. For me, my job is to make sure that we do everything we can to keep people safe, right? And you know, what I what I need from, from folks like you that understand, this is a business meeting. This is a business trade show. This is how companies and racers separate themselves uh, and move up in advance. So that may mean some concessions, right? You may have to wear a mask. You're, you're going to have to have your hands sanitized. We're going to probably check your temperature and do a health screen. We'll probably have one, one-way one directional aisles just to help keep the flow through. And then on the individual displays, uh, those manufacturers have to have the same consideration for their staff safety uh, as well as the attendees. And then as you know, guys, it's, it's the after hours where a lot of business gets done. So, you know, Indianapolis is excited to welcome their biggest trade show back in December the restaurants, the bars, the hotels, the transportation system, you know, those folks realize how important this trade show is to the entire city, uh, and they're gonna work tirelessly with, with PRI team uh, to try to make it as safe as you can. I have to be careful, you can't say it's gonna be safe because we don't sure. know how everybody's activities are, but um, from my perspective, we're gonna do everything we can We'll spend the money. You know, guys, there's there's money with all these activities. We'll invest to make sure people feel comfortable. Uh, and then there's going to be people that just don't want to travel. And I completely understand that. They might be of a of an, an older age or they might have a pre-existing condition that they, they're worried about. This is a serious disease. So we're looking at what are the virtual elements? What what uh, supplemental things can we do to take you to the PRI show if you physically
1: can't be there? All right, so we kind of hammered you on right some of the the tough situation that you're you know inheriting. Uh, now let's skip some of that and just think a little bit about the fun, the visionary, the you know the excitement. I know you came into this. Uh, and I know, you know, you're, you're new into this and you got to feel everything out. Uh, but is there anything that you're thinking, like just over the years you've observed, uh, just, you know, anything that's Dr. Jamie Meyer looking forward, um, what's kind of on your mind? What can we maybe look forward to? So, well, thank you. I appreciate the question. Look, um, uh,
2: you guys and everybody that listens to you loves cars and racing at a, at a very high level, right? We need to get our community in the conversation for what every American thinks about doing on Friday and Saturday night. So, you know, in normal times, I could go to the movies, I could go to dinner, uh, I could go see a play, or I could go just sit at home and watch Netflix. I want, I could go to the racetrack that conversation in, in every American's mind. Amen.
0: My conversation, I'm taking somebody to Gappelbee's on Friday night. That's my conversation. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm putting bus links on them, son. That's what I'm talking right. about right there. That's why we need more of. More toolboxes, less Xboxes. Get out there and get some throttle, boys. Let's do this. I'm ready, man. I'm with PRI. i put on a mask. I'll put a Sharpie Smiley face on there. I'll be two claps and Ric Flair and everybody. i like... Woo! Let's get it on.
1: PRI, here we come. <laughs> well, I like the I like the thinking there, right? Because uh, if you think about so many people can't do a certain amount of things, so you can't buy a bicycle right now because everyone's trying to buy a bicycle or a kayak or get outside. And, you know, racing is generally outside. Um, you know, and, and like you said, just getting it into the mindset of, you know, hey, let's get off the couch. And there are some really wicked fun things to do on Friday or Saturday night. And you know, getting people back into some of the groove that maybe we've lost over time, getting some of that enthusiasm back for the entertainment of racing, uh, and put it back on our menu. Right. A lot of people just it fell off the menu years ago because there's so many other things that we could do. Right.
2: And, and look, it's expensive. You know, we joke about it, but this is a really expensive pastime. We we've all got tens of thousands of dollars wrapped up in the cars and you know, some people aren't going to get it, but, but you guys do a great job of sharing content, right? We, we need that cultural effort from our community. It's the, think about what Ford versus Ferrari did. You know, everybody was talking about race cars for a couple of weeks when that came out. You know, what can PRI do to help push that cultural agenda? How are we always in the conversation? And it, it, it's really at an individual level, right? It's take your neighbor to the racetrack. It's as simple as that at some point. Yeah. So the, the, that's my, guys, that's my big, you know, 10-year plan of how do we really push racing. Uh, the immediate action, and, and the board has funded us to start a headquarters in Indianapolis for PRI, and what we'll do out of that office is launch a membership program, and we'll we'll start with businesses, uh, and then we'll move to an individual level. And I think what will probably the model that will touch you two and your listeners is if you think of the NRA uh, and how they're positioned to always be in the conversation and always drive the freedom of owning firearms and being able to defend yourself, think about PRI in the same way of who's going to be there to make sure you can always modify vehicles and who's going to be there to help race tracks. so there's always that venue and help race teams develop their programs. So that's a that's a sneak peek of what a, a PRI membership will look like.
1: We got two backers right here, my friend. Yeah, we up. are in. Sign us up. That's right. Hey, man, you know what you need to have a PRI?
0: A $10,000 Pinewood Derby race. Let's get serious, man. Let's bring back the Pinewood Derby. <laughs> uh, I loved it.
2: I got a New York State Championships uh, car sitting in my mom's basement somewhere. So.
0: <laughs> Uh, that's fun, man. Awesome. So look, man, uh, we're out of time, Jamie. I sure appreciate every minute you gave to us and, uh, dude, just incredible to talk to you, uh, and everything that you have done for what really is one of my biggest passions in life. And that's racing. Uh, you have really just brought it in ways that most people, uh, would never know. And we're definitely appreciative of it. Uh, I think like your, your middle name should be send Jamie send Meyer. Uh, so thank you very much, man. Where do people find more about PRI on social media?
2: Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can go to performanceracing.com. we got a brand new website there loaded with information on how to help your businesses, how to help your racetrack. Uh, and then it's the my PRI show on Instagram and, uh, you can find us on LinkedIn and, uh, Facebook as well. But uh happy to have you and look forward to seeing you guys in December.
1: hell yeah, man. Thanks for joining, man. It was awesome. Uh great to kind of, you know, follow your legacy the last, you know, 13 14 years that I've known you and hopefully at least that much more uh and beyond. So really psyched to see uh, you know, what you can do uh with PRI and the whole racing industry over the next number of years. So We'll be watching. Everybody else now knows who you are, what you're doing. They'll be watching, too. So, yeah, we will, uh, not before, catch you in December at the PRI show. You guys check it out. Hey, you guys, don't forget about our uh, TV show. It's pretty cool, too. It
0: airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Throw a fit if they don't have it. Episode's also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guests, the one and only Jamie Meyer of PRI,
1: my man Kevin Bird, I'm Willie B., our producer of Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. And don't forget to check out our website too, twoguysgarage.com. Tons of great content. Everything about the show, podcasts, you can just click and go. And we're on social everywhere Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Written Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved.
0: It's funny, people always ask if I won one of those big lotteries, you know, like half a billion dollars or something, what would I buy? And I'm like, PRI. Uh,. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, take care. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care.
1: Take care, guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.